The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys. Happy September. Can you even believe this? We are moving into September. Maybe it'll start getting cooler. That would be a good change of pace for us. Yeah, it'd be nice. If even it in Maine, it's kind of hot. I mean, I hear it's like in the 110s, 120s in China. It's really hot in the country. So hopefully now that it's September, things are going to be cooler. Today, we have our most very special guest on for the fifth time. This is crazy. I think that we're cutting you off after this. Five podcasts out of 150 have been with Noelle. She's almost like a co-host <laughs> at this point. But we love her. We're going to do our fourth installment of our series, How to Raise a High Drive Puppy. It has been an entire year. Ironically, Noelle was just out to visit us on her drive home from us filming this footage and from visiting us and everything else. It was the day of Inga's first birthday. So it's super crazy and super ironic, but she's a full year um, and we're going to discuss and debrief with Noelle. We, she came out, we worked with a Schutzen helper, an IPO, IGP, whatever, a, a helper nearby who was... Um, very impressive. We have video of that. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, but first, we're going to start, as always, with the quirky tip of the day. And that tip is, if you see these videos of Noelle and her awesome puppy, Inga, and you think, you know, I want to get a Malinois puppy, the tip is... Don't do it. Don't get a Malinois puppy. <laughs> they're, they're, Ex-nay on however you say, Malinois. They're not great pet dogs. They require <laughs> a lot of time and attention, a lot of training, a lot of management, and typically more than the average person realizes and more than they actually want to do. And they wind up getting in trouble. And I will say, uh, we also have a mutual friend that got a Malinois um, a few years back, probably now five years back. And she recently had some, had some trouble with it. So we yeah. want to make sure that everything stays on track with these dogs. Yeah, you guys really have to be conscious of this. And personally, Scott and I will never own a Mal again. And it's not that Mal's aren't great dogs, but Noelle has worked her ass off for an entire year while getting two knee replacements and considering having to keep working her ass off. These dogs are working bred dogs. They are born to work. They're born to do a sport. And Inga is a badass about it. So Noelle, welcome. Thank you for coming. How was your visit? Thank you so much for having me. My visit was awesome. But just to uh, launch off of what you just said this morning, Inga tore up a mat at the bottom of my <laughs> 35 seconds. I left her down there to dry her paws, open the door. There's rubber everywhere. So yeah. Yeah, unless you're really interested in having a full-time job of training, maybe pick a different breed. Yeah. Um, and the, was, the thing is, I want to mention that if you want to get a full-time job, this one doesn't pay. <laughs> So if you already have one, you're going to have a second one. <clears throat> no, it was awesome to come out and see you guys. I sometimes wish I was still back there, but how are you feeling? Oh, are we're, you uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm strong. Everything's good. Um, we had a blast though. And we have video. We're going to go through it all here, but we have video here at the studio. Noelle and Inga were able to actually meet us at the studio after we recorded an episode. They met people downstairs. They met our producer. Noelle and Inga stayed at our house. She met all of our dogs. Then we did this training. I mean, we packed a lot into three days. Yeah. And I will say, you know, Inga appears in these videos to be a really well-rounded, balanced young dog. And uh, what people may not realize is that 
Noelle has played a big part in her development because there was another puppy in Inga's litter that got sent back to the breeder very quickly because of aggression issues and because it was kind of a dick. And the, the woman decided, I don't want to deal with this. So yeah. a lot of this is, you know, yes, Inga is a great puppy turning into a great young dog, but it's the way she's been raised and handled and exposed to certain things to make sure that nothing went, took a big, you know, left turn on you guys. Everything has gone along really well. You and know? with that said, I mean, there's video throughout this series. When I put the series on the website, I will put all of the three um, videos from the previous series in, and I will even put Noelle's daycare series in because a lot of daycares like to watch that one and get their own information about stuff. But there's video of this puppy like blowing up at a little kid. And I'm sorry. I know Noelle. I love Noelle. Noelle is one of my closest friends. If a little kid had run up the stairs at the podcast studio and went to hug Inga, which doesn't really happen... We, we podcast above a cigar studio and it's, it's pretty adult like thing. She would have intervened, right? She's not going to just be like, oh yeah, she's social now. Let me just have her hug a kid. And if Noelle's kids, her daughters are older now, they may be having grandkids during the life of Inga. If they choose to, if they don't choose to, whatever else, Noelle is going to be there as a professional trainer intervening at every moment of that. And there's a difference between raising a Malinois with some family members and some kids and knowing what you're looking at and a dog just being social in every setting. Because I'm not trying to put Mal's down. I'm not trying to put Malinois breeders down. But Scott knows from years and years and years of experience that they just don't come out as social as many other breeds. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, they, they have their own inner circle, if you're lucky. They're, <laughs> good, they're good with your family. and uh, But they're suspicious of people they don't know coming to your property. And that's why they're great protection dogs and used in police and military because they have that edge to them. But it's not something to be taken lightly, and it's not something you want to ignore because it's, and it's, it's not, there. It's not pet dog caliber. So I was going to show that video um, from when she came. Is there anything you want to talk about besides that? That'll be number one. We're not quite ready. But is there anything you want to discuss before I show the video of her downstairs and up here and everything? Oh, yeah. Just, uh, I mean, going on what you guys just talked about, just eyes wide open with the dog all the time. And even what she shows me here at home or when she gets comfortable with new people, it doesn't mean it's going to be generalized to everybody. Um, and that's so important. I mean, with any dog, but especially with these uh, higher suspicion, you know, they're, they're big predators. <laughs> they're, they they want to use their mouth. And so, yeah, exactly what you guys just Said. And not exactly. only do they want to do that, but they're bred for that, right? Like, why are we squashing them for doing what they're bred to be doing? And the videos later, you're going to see the dog using her damn mouth and she uses it pretty well. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, let's show video number one. This was the first, uh, Noelle actually stayed in a hotel um, the first night before she got here on the Wednesday because of her legs. You know, you guys know she's had double knee replacements now since April. It's a whole thing. So it was a long drive for her. So she stayed in mass at a hotel with Inga and Inga was able to do a solo road trip with her. So it was a really good bonding experience, too. So you'll see a little bit of that as well. Chrissy, go ahead and play video number one. We're ready to rock. Hey, we're at the cigar studio. Good job. She's like, I'm a big police dog at the cigar studio. Yay, it was a good girl. <laughs> he gets excited. Is he flirting with you? <laughs> he thinks you're sexy. You have your you have your Polly? 
You have your Bali? You gonna be with Scotty? It's a long narrow doesn't, doesn't Are you a good girl? You've probably grown even more since the she last video I saw. Oh, good girl. Oh, she goes, would you like to see my ball? <laughs> my ball is my best, my ball is my best angle. <laughs> good girl. Good like girl, Inga. You're so cute. Are you liking? <clears throat> Isn't Chrissy so nice? I know. I know. It's so You're fun so at the podcast everywhere. studio. You did pretty well. Yeah. Good girl. I forgot this one was in here. I'll explain when we get back. Uh -uh. You're okay. You're okay. Good. Good. Uh -uh. You were a star this whole weekend. At the podcast? And here? Everywhere you are. Good job. Okay. You gotta get them close, because when the quick show, it's better for your proprioception. Okay. <laughs> Only Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. That was a good girl. Good. Good job. Yeah. There she is, the cowgirl. All right. Before we get into the nail thing, um, I just wanted to talk about, because you told me that little situation at the hotel. So the video that we just showed opened up with her sleeping at the hotel. She looked super cute. She was like sitting in the office chair like some executive. Like she really felt like a big kid almost turning one. But tell us about that little instance when you guys were, you were potting or something in the morning that one day. Oh, coming through the door? Yeah. Uh, just we, I had been coming in. I went to get a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and Prior to, of course, I let her go out and go potty. I brought her out on a flexi. She was super relaxed and comfortable and trotting around and found the perfect spot. I might have tossed the ball for her a couple times. Um, popped her in the car, drove over, got a coffee, come back. We're heading into the um, the back lobby area. So there's, I'm thinking there's not going to be a lot of people. And it's really early. And, um, of course, just as we're getting up to the doors, the, I've got the dog, the coffee, two brand new kind of not great functional <laughs> knees yet. And um, then like a family of three people is coming out with all this luggage and pillows and they're just sort of like bumbling through the doorways. And I realized, Oh my gosh, they're coming. They're not like yielding to me. They're coming through and she's noticing this. And I'm sure she noticed the change in like my vibe. So she made a noise. She grumbled a little bit. And I'm like, okay, let me just pull back and get over to the side here. And I just ended up walking out back into the parking lot and walking around and then going in and just trying to avoid it altogether. Um, but yeah, she was, she's like, what's this? She's not just taking every single thing in stride. It's, I doubt it's ever going to happen, you know, unless it's, unless it's the exact scenario that she's seen dozens of times before and it's been comfortable and she's proven to be okay with it. It's going to be a new thing every single time. And if it's new people, it's new. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, we are speculating maybe she's going into heat. Uh, she hasn't, is she actually in now? 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So she, she wasn't even swollen or dripping or anything on the trip, but she just turned a year and like all of this has been going on. So even if it's the same people, the same situations, even with hormones, she may show something different. And it's not like Noelle at that point was like, oh my God, we need to train this. We need to fix this. She had a ball in her mouth, right? Yeah. Okay. So she grumbled with a ball in her mouth. She didn't get so reactive that she's barking and spitting the ball and everything else. This is no fault to how she was bred. This is no fault to how she was trained. This is no fault to how she was raised. This is the dog. And Noelle intervened and was like, okay, well, that seems to be too much. So let's just wait until they pass. So you always need to be conscious. And that's why when she said the term full-time job, it kind of is at the end of the day. How do you think Inga did with coming up and doing everything when she was here? Well, I was very impressed. Uh, and I say that because I've owned a lot of Malinois and they're quirky and there's certain things about them that uh, can pop up that you didn't even know. Like you said, every new situation is a brand new situation to the dog. And having them as bulletproof as possible is not a simple thing to accomplish trying to get them to be comfortable in all situations. But she came upstairs, she was on slippery floors. You know, environmentally, there was a lot of new things. Lighting is different. All the people were new. And uh, yes, she had a ball in her mouth, which I would always advise with a dog that likes to use their mouth, is let them hold a ball in their mouth. And that way, if they get stressed, typically they're not going to drop the ball. They're going to crunch down on that ball a little bit and ease that stress into the ball. But she was fine. She warmed up to everybody. I didn't... I think she hackled up a little bit when she first saw it, the was, dog. It was, I think in the clip that we had with Murphy. Yeah, very Murphy's minimal. always here. Murphy's our producer, Chrissy's dog, and he's very well trained and he's met all the guests that have ever come on since I Chrissy's mean, been producing. It, but you no, but it, it just went on. Their first interaction in that video wasn't too crazy. Um, but then like when they kept sniffing, she got a little bit hackly, but it was, she was probably like, I'm going into heat. I'm not going to be making any Brittany mouths with you. <laughs> Who knows what she was thinking, but she didn't get bitchy. She didn't get over the top, but she was clear with her communication. And I do want to touch on um, what you said about the ball before I asked Noelle how she thought it went. That, you know, Noelle and I are very chatty people. Chrissy's very high energy chatty too. If you think like, oh, why would we have a dog carrying around a ball? That's so crazy. Well, just consider Noelle and I eating an apple every time we interacted with you. We'd probably be a lot less chatty, a lot less. A lot quieter. Shut up. A lot. <laughs> In one of the bite work videos, she's like, this clip is my favorite. We sound like chickens at the end. <laughs> There's an employee downstairs. I went out to go greet her when we had finished podcasting. And he's like, wow, Jess, I've seen you for years. I didn't know you had that decibel. I mean, you know, but the thing is, is people like, you know, like you're like, whoa, that person's way too high energy. That's too much of a vibe. They're really extra. Well, if we always were just chewing an apple and swallowing, that'd be toned down. So consider the ball like that. Noelle, what did you think when you came and you were here and you saw her and you saw the setup and you saw how she did? What, what were your thoughts as far as that whole product? I, I can't stop thinking that everybody that knows me is going to send me baskets of apples from here on out. <laughs> Starting with us. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a pretty good, I think that's the same funny that we had on the animal um, control podcast with the apples. So I'll go back and look at it, but if it is, it'll be good. All right. Besides the apples, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I'm super, super happy. I mean, you know, I don't want to jump ahead to the bite work because that was... <laughs> Exciting and stuff, but, and that's, I mean, that was the big topper that we were going there for to get that great work in. And to see us, your dear friends. <laughs> to see my dear friends and to eat apples together. But um, <laughs> I am so impressed at how she handled traveling, being the only dog traveling, 
traveling with me and not being created in the hotel room, having to be off of her schedule. Um, I actually, and I don't recommend this, but I'm telling the truth. Halfway through the trip, we got out to uh, do a little leg stretch and I pottied her and I let her ride in the front seat with me. She curled up on her little blanket and was as happy as a clam and calm, didn't move. She might've adjusted a few times, but she was like a well-seasoned traveler, um, equally as pleasant riding in the crate in the car, um, coming to your house and just, I mean, just dealing with all the novelty and rolling with it. Like I really was happy with her. She came into a household as a tiny baby with, you know, four other dogs. And she's never really had an opportunity to have to be solo with me. I mean, aside from going out to train and whatnot, but she really, uh, she rose to the occasion, I thought. So as much as the work itself and seeing how she would behave standing in front of a brand new person, not to mention the- <laughs> that, that person, yeah. <laughs> um, so impressed with all of that, but just how she handles herself in general, just day to day dealing with how the day unfolded, being in your house, you know, that I I was really impressed. Very, very happy with her. And when we got out to do the bite work, it was on a legit farm and I don't, she she has seen a horse. (laughs) She has seen a horse, but there were goats there and chickens and, you know, a brand new place eight hours away from our home. So that was, and and she got her head screwed on. And it was like almost 90 degrees. And I'm suddenly asking her to do all of this uh, really high energy physically and mentally to just like crack the whip a little bit and let's go, let's go. And she did it. Yeah. No, I thought she was great. And one thing I will say, Noelle's like, I raised her to be very confident. I can't remember what the other example was, but when I I got that picture... What was, what was, well, you're talking about her jumping up here and being yeah, up on the chair and yeah. then jumping up on the table. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scott has the other example. So, um, where I was getting those pictures, right? Because honestly, I mean, these chairs swivel, like I say it all the time, but they're swivelly chairs. When I had Vital on for the Christmas episode, the very first Christmas episode we ever did, she's the only dog that's been up here for 25 <clears> minutes and <throat> she's small enough to be in my lap, but it's, it's very hard to deal with these chairs and a dog. Maybe I should have Dave invest in a non-swivelly stool. Maybe now that I'm going through this, that should be my next go to. Yeah. Well, he was like on a bed though. Most of the yeah. time we have little dogs or puppies or something like this. So anyway, I'm holding the chair. Um, because I don't want it to swivel for Inga. I was dealing with her dog a lot this weekend. You'll see me even in the videos posting up because Noelle has two brand new freaking knees. She had two full knee replacements. Like I wasn't going to have her be injured coming. Um, so when we first were getting those pictures, two or three times she jumped onto the counter. Dave, if there's scratches and you're watching, send me the bill. But she literally like two or three times was up here, up here, up here. And Noelle's like, well, I raised a confident dog. What was the other one you were thinking? No, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. She just was yeah. very comfortable. It's a slippery surface. Yeah. It's, it's a and, plex- heavy plexiglass. And she just, she, all, you know, all bets or no bets are off. Like nothing's under limits. You even see here, she went up and onto the table to get the ball. And when you're raising a sport dog like Noelle is, and like we have done in the past, you want more of that push. Like you want some of that naughtiness. I'm not going to now be like, don't jump on the freaking counters and don't jump on that table. No, we want them to feel a little bigger than their britches to be able to really excel with where they're headed. And um, that's where it's hard to, to find a balance, balance and yeah. the experience uh, comes in. Go ahead. There, that That's exactly what I guess is that floored me so much is at such a young age and I know I say this frequently that I haven't put the amount of work in that I think I would normally put in because of all of this recovery and 
the, after the surgeries and whatnot. But really, it is a, it's been a different kind of experience with this puppy. It's not the same as puppies I've had previously. I don't feel as though I'm as much, as much, you know. Um, but the, the stuff that I have chosen to do has been really well thought out, I think. <laughs> and it's been loaded with quality. And that certainly, you know, that's better than a bunch of non-quality. But um, it's stuck with her. And I'm encouraging her just like you said to build her up and create a little bit of that monster so to see her chill out in the passenger seat and just come into the hotel with me and sleep on the bed and not alert to the noises in the hallway um see people going to get their coffee at the kiosk down the hallway and you know there's movement i i really was fully expecting her to be a little bit more <laughs> stifle her a little bit like don't make noise but she balanced it out. She's well, a good girl. And to me, it shows that she's confident, which is, you know, to your attributes, to her genetics and everything else. But normally when a dog is reactive, especially when it's coming out more hormonally, and of course, within the first, I'd say two years of a dog's life, things are going to ebb and flow. But a dog that then is pretty solid shows confidence. If you're asking me, that would be the word I would use. What would you use? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that territorial reactivity, it's, it's I think, a fear-based genetic aggressive behavior and um, de depending on how much fear and confidence they have is going to determine how much reactivity they have that and al also not having any kind of controls or limits being placed on them is going to make it a lot worse than it could be. Yeah. And also it's, they're going to be more competitive at a higher level if need be. We're not quite to the bite work section yet, but the person that we trained with just flew his dog to Greece for the, what is Ivan's thing called? The American Malinois it? Working Dog Association. World Championships. So AMWA's like world championships over in Greece. Like, you know, if you're going to be doing that kind of stuff, like the people competing on behalf of North America in agility, in, um, I'd say a little bit of disc, but disc people travel less in protection, um, I think agility and protection, they're traveling more than anywhere else right now. Maybe I'm missing one, but these dogs are well-rounded. They're not just badasses on the agility courts. They're not just, you know, looking <clears throat> cute in pictures. They are well-rounded dogs because that's a huge experience to throw at a dog. And we need to know that a dog can take an international trip, deal with all the variables there and still perform well. So if you don't mind, as long as you don't have anything to say about the well-roundedness, could you just tell me about how you do nails? Because I don't even think you knew that I did her full nails until I sent you the video, right? <laughs> I watched. Oh, okay. You were there with her down in the Adirondack chair, and I, that's another thing. Um, she just let you kind of flop her around and control her movement, and she did not resist you very much. No, I thought she was great, and I, I'll say it from my perspective, and then you can tell people how you trained it. So, frankly, I don't know. I, I don't, maybe she was trying to sneak out. She was up early and looking for paper. So I don't know if you're trying to sneak out or what, but we found you and we went to hug you goodbye. And I'm like, let's just get a video of her freaking nails. Cause I was like, I want to just see how well I can, you know, do this and how well I can handle her. And before you went inside to grab what you grabbed, I just said, you've never seen any aggression. And you said, no. And I'm like, all right, fine. Let's just video this. So I literally, I've never picked the dog up before. I've never flipped her on her back before. <laughs> I did work her briefly at the shits and thing. She was brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> oh, are you doing any kind of? <laughs> oh, it's okay. She's fine. She just got a, okay. got a little coughing fit. Did you do much nail trimming uh, before you before Jess took her? Or was that a first time experience for her? 
I, my heart starts to beat faster and my palms get all sweaty and my brow is sweating because Jess is the nail trimming queen. Yeah. And it's the last thing that I ever do with my dogs. I mean, oh, every other month I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably trim your nails. So literally, it's usually when I'm at the shop and a client's dog is getting their nails trimmed and I'm like, oh, can you hand me those clippers? Mm-hmm. And I see somebody else getting it done and it makes me think of my own dog. So it's very rare. So I haven't trained it. It's just something I'd have her go stand up on a elevated thing, like a, a wooden spool or something. And so she'd just be standing and I'd make her stand up there kind of like a horse. And then I just flip her foot back and go from the backside. But Jess literally gave her an experience that perhaps she had something similar to that as a tiny baby, because I know that Shannon did. She got the little baby clippers out and she would go at their nails once a week and let them experience that. Um, but to the degree that Jess does it, she's never seen anything like that before. No, it's good that, uh, it happened when she was, you know, young, because you'll be able to do that now into the future if you choose to, or someone else can, but I'm the same as you with the nail clipping. I'm not excited about it. I don't really like to do it. I didn't do it, uh, very often with my own dogs. I, you know, usually getting them out on the street would, um, you know, wear those nails down a bit, things like that. But it is something that has to be done because it depends on the dog. Some dogs' nails grow really quick. And I know some people with Malinois whose nails just don't seem to grow at all. They're just really slow-growing nails. But it's good that they accept that experience because just that type of situation where Jess had her in her lap on her back, it could be that you're trying to show a vet maybe uh, something on the stomach, maybe some type of a growth, some type of an issue. You And it's... The ideal situation with any dog is to be able to manipulate their body in any way and they trust you and they don't freak out and certainly don't put their mouth on you. You don't want that kind of behavior, you know? How are you feeling, babe? I'm feeling good. Let's go out of bite work. Let's talk bite work. Okay. Let's do it. You want to show the video? Uh, you guys talk it up first. Well, I thought she did awesome. I didn't, I had no concerns about her. Uh, you know, I, we were out there a few months back and we did the uh, suit work. And she just loved it. I mean, it's a type of, it's a genetic predisposition. It's bred into her to bite. It hadn't, the, with Malinois, it seems like most, certainly 80% of young Malinois that I've ever worked have really got very excited about the act of being able to bite stuff. And so you're nurturing that along. It's, it's what they're bred to do. Some of them, they're just very slow to develop, so they don't really get into it until maybe they're a more mature dog. But most puppies, they love it. And the only thing that can go wrong is if they get too much pressure put on them <coughs> too young. And then they start, they, now they have that conflict. I want to bite, but I'm a little afraid to bite, which kind of sucks. You know, you really want to, you don't want to get to that point. And so, her experience has been limited. She's never worked with a helper, Right. Right. Well, she, yeah, she she's worked with Matt. She worked with me. She's worked with the the woman that you, um, Jackie, that you have there a little bit. Done some biting, on but not toys. like an IGP trained person, right? Right. And so this was her first, um, full full on experience with a guy who is gonna make some presence in front of her. And explain Andy Dietz compared to some other helpers. Well, Andy's a, a Schutzen helper who also has an extensive background in police training with dogs and bringing out some civil uh, But he's taller than you and Noel, oh, I'd yeah. say, too. He's, he's, he's a, got He's presence. a large person, and uh, he's, he's good at what he does, but he's a... 
giant, though. <laughs> yeah, he's a real uh, sweetheart of a guy who I wouldn't want to get irritated with me. <laughs> you know? uh, but he, he really has the dog's uh, best interest at heart. And that's you want to find someone that cares about the training and bring the best out of the dog and keeping their ego in check. And that's not always easy to do, especially with younger helpers where they're trying to, who knows what, trying to act as maybe if maybe because they don't have a lot of ex experience yet. But uh, Andy is a great helper, and uh, we were really lucky to, to be able to live so close to him and bring your dog down to him. And, you know, he was the first one to say it. I mean, the dog just came right out of the box, barking full, deep. Yeah, which, and I've never handled the dog either. I met the dog when we went to New York briefly, but it's not like her and I had a lot of working history together. So let's play the video, and uh, then we'll debrief after the video. Is there anything you want to say before the video, Noelle? No, let's roll. <laughs> she wants to just watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I overestimated your abilities. Couldn't have been anything you did. Good girl. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to take it from her the uh, time. Give me a little from whisper and something. Sound like chickens. Mm. 
girl. Nice. Well, besides not knowing what to say, when I sent her, I think the dog looked great. Dog looked awesome, and Andy really made her work for the bite. She wanted to bite, and that's why I really like that back pressure, having her back tied or being held so that if her targeting isn't great or the grip isn't with full commitment, the helper can work, make the dog work a little harder to get what they want. Yeah, and I mean, I handled her because you see how much strain it is on the knees. Um, so Noelle's got to really build those knees back up. But I even wore my brace. I, I'm glad I did. That dog's powerful. She's a little over 50 pounds, and she's powerful. You see my back leg there with my right knee going, going, going. So I just had one question because she stayed down there with the sleeve the one time. So was that just because of the work that you did with the guarding, or do they normally want to shove the sleeve back to the helper? I like think that? she was having fun with Andy, and she was bringing it back to him. Like, but do your me, other let's, dogs? Let's is more. that a common thing in IGP? I just don't know. Oh, if. Um, I no. I mean, I think it's a personal preference. I think a dog that's a little—I don't even know if I'm choosing the right word—but I'm not afraid that she's going to spit that out and do anything aggressive to the helper. Yeah. You know, she's she's playing a game, yeah. um, wants to re-engage to get it going again. So I'm sure that the hundreds of reps that I've done with her or, you know, I've let her go circle back to Jackie or it's just like, oh, I want to keep this going. I think she's thoroughly enjoying herself. Some people do bring their dog right back to them and they don't let them engage the helper like that after it's been slipped. Um, but I... Uda was the champion of that. She'd come back and like plow it into you. Darcy will do it too. Um, Fonzie will do it, but I was always so concerned with him coming back to me. <laughs> well, I think it, it shows their love of the game and that they know now the game is with this person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, yes, it was with Scott. When Scott was there, it's with you when you have the toy and now it was with Andy. And that was a brand new guy who's super tall. So she really situated into the game pretty quickly. Yeah, one yeah. thing one thing I liked was when he was squaring up on her and uh the toy he didn't have the the sleeve the sleeve was behind him 15 20 feet and she's getting he was getting her to now start barking at him just without a toy just getting a little bit of that civil edge going and then rewarding it by going back and bringing the sleeve back into the picture and also the popping of the whip he's great at popping that getting some great cracks with the whip it brought her up. She didn't get stressed about it. Some dogs have never heard that before. They would get a little bit, oh, shit, what's going on with this thing, you know? And you foundationally trained for that, right? Uh, no, she she maybe has heard a whip crack a few times. I was I talking was tra- that guy to the, the wedge. The guy, like barking at the guy instead of barking at the toy if the toy's on the ground. Oh, so I have done some stuff with a toy on a rope, mm-hmm. and I'll put it behind my back or leave it lay on the ground. So she's had a little bit of exposure to, I think partially it's when the person is still, she understands that that's a guarding moment to bark. And then when they begin to move, she's thinking about striking and getting ready to bite. So she goes quiet. At least that's what we're hoping for. And it was really nice to see that kind of play out and plug in the way that I've been keeping my fingers crossed that her drives are going to transition the right way. And she just, I mean, his helper work is, superior you know it's really nice and 
she's reading all of that. He's so clear with her and she's bringing back uh, just a great informa- uh, response to the information that he's giving. So yeah. it could have gone better <laughs> than I dreamed of. And I don't know if I'm allowed to keep mentioning something. <laughs> clock, wanna... clock, clock away. That's going to be the new thing I say. Clock away. <laughs> no, here. I want to be um, a chicken too. I love being a chicken. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, uh, when, when he just came, when she came out onto the field and he squared up with her immediately and cracked the whip and she just was like, Oh, okay. It's on. Like she didn't hesitate. Then when he got the wedge and he, she had a little bit of trouble figuring out maybe it's the ratio. Um, he was awesome at how he was doing the, you know, little agitation and flirtation with the bite wedge, but she came up a little high a few times, you know, so she was figuring that out. But once she got that figured out, her strikes were like a viper. And that's what I've been praying for. And I can't prepare her for anything like that. Like, I don't have the skill in me to give her opportunity to practice. And so it's there, you know, so it, it depends on who her opponent is. And I feel like she, <laughs> she's going to rise to where the opponent is. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. And the barking, uh, everyone really liked her barking too, to your credit. So good job with that. Yeah. I will Thanks. say, I will say with regard to the Schutzen and the, the bite wedge and the, the sleeve has a wedge on it also, I think in the competitive stuff, but that's where the helper has to have that angle just right for the dog. Because that you really got to be thoughtful about. Because if they bite it and it's not, that angle isn't right, the dog can't get a good bite. Yeah. And I just want to say this real quick since you mentioned that. If anyone's been watching this series, make sure you're working with someone who is very skilled. Because when you're presenting a wedge or a leg sleeve or a suit or something else, we've shown you a lot of video of good work. And Noelle knows how to do good presentation. She's taught Jackie. She's taught her husband, Matt. Scott is exceptional with how he presents his legs and his arms and his suit with dogs with experience. So just be conscious. I just don't want anyone to have ever seen this series and think, oh, I saw a shits and sleeve. Oh, my dog likes to tug. Oh, let me play. Because we all know the risk of doing this type of thing, but you can get jaw injuries. You can hurt dogs' necks. This is not just like a one size fits all. There's a method to the madness. So just please let me just say as a caveat to anyone watching, be very thoughtful of who you're working with and who you're asking to do this with with your dog because the higher the dog is in drive, the more potential for injury as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and also just from a training perspective, if the dog is loose and you're doing this at home with a loose dog and they bite it not correctly, they still got to bite it. They still got to do it, but they're learning better the reason, wrong yeah, thing. Better reason. So maybe they're not coming in 100 miles an hour, but they're biting in a way that's less than ideal. It's not a full bite. They're biting in a way that could set them up for injury later. And too. they're just getting bad reps. Yeah. So by you having a back, back tie on the dog, the helper teasing, making misses, and uh, even when, she, when he was able to pull it out of her mouth that one time, she learned, oh, I'm not going to let that happen again. You know, and then she's like, oh, I got to really grip this thing because this guy could just take it right away from me. And she's All a very smart things. dog. So she's learning every interaction that everyone does with her. So she had a lot of good lessons there. I want to touch on briefly um, how excited she was when we were there. So I would say it's like a mid-80s day it was in New England, which it wasn't like 90s and stuff. It's been a little bit warmer. And I would say that she seemed more tired than I would have expected with those temperatures, but I think that's because she was so mentally stimulated. So I just want to touch on that 
briefly, and then Noelle can give us her thoughts on that. But my dog, Vital, is a very high-drive border collie. I was training with John Nyes for a very brief time before we moved to um, Maine, and we were out in winter in a barn, okay? Like, in winter in a barn. So we're talking, like, a 35-degree day barn running, and she started to get a little like, oh, this is a lot, this is a lot, just because of the mental stimulation. So I think so often we attribute like, oh, well, the dog's going to overheat if it's this temperature or something else. And she wasn't overheating and it wasn't that, but we could tell she was gassed. She needed to decompress. We took times from the work that we were doing in the sun and going over to the shade. So if you could just touch on, Noel, your experience with dogs that get themselves so mentally wound up that it does physically tire them out. And then also that we can temper those dogs to maintain like have more mental pressure for longer or you know what I mean like they they build up a tolerance to that in my opinion so could you just touch on that and if you agree with me or that whole spot of dogs I couldn't agree more um and I think it's across the board you have to be aware of it and looking for it so that it doesn't go unnoticed and then you're in a real problem and just to reference daycare I mean dogs that are physically not in top condition (laughs) very high arousal, social excitement and dynamic, even there, you know, they're, you think, oh, they're just going to play group, but they're dealing with a ton of stuff mentally, physically. They're there for hours on end away from their families. So they might have some level of stress. That's like a, a negative stress, not just the stress of I'm having a great time and playing. Like they're kind of almost like, okay, what's yeah. my coming. Um, so there's so many components that can fatigue the dog that shows up as physical fatigue, but there's so many aspects that are just plugging away and deteriorating the, the strength of the dog. Um, so it is truly across the board specifically, and be careful of that and take breaks frequently and recognize that your bulldog might not be able to be going for a casual walk, even around the block when it's 85 degrees, you know, just really pay attention. But for Inga specifically, I think that there was a lot of factors um, and maybe I'm being way too sensitive for it, but I'm like, okay, 48 hours, she's been off of her normal routine and taking in tons of new input with the traveling, the hotel, we're in a weird car, we're arriving at your place, we're at the podcast, there's cigars, you know, there's all this stuff. Then we go off and I'm asking her to really exert herself and, and give me a lot of energy and strength like power packed into these super fierce sessions. They're short, but there's no rest. You know, it's just constant. And even when she's resting, she's carrying, you know, she's got a mouthful of stuff and she's having to learn. I better start uh, more effectively breathing through my nose. Um, The new location being handled by somebody else me being like, oh, I'm nervous and excited, you know, all of it. Well, and so. I, my point is, is that I think that that's one of the most exciting things she's ever seen in her life. And she was a part of it. I think a dog like her, if she was watching their club practice, they are Fox Hill Farm. They, that's their IGP club, I believe. If she was watching club practice, I think she could have gotten just as worked up just from her brain being like, oh, my God. 
Like I'm in my moment. And just know if you have a dog like that, a dog that's a little more intense or a little more high drive, you are going to have to condition more slowly regardless of the temperature. She'll be able to get through the Schutzen 3 program, no problem. But it's just that now that Noelle knows that about her, that she knows she's got that much intensity in a true working situation, that's something to take into account. And every dog isn't like that. Dogs approach work differently. It just depends on the dog totally. So real quick, we have another video um, from Poppyhood until now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Can you say one thing? Also, uh, sorry, late here. Um, when I'm training, even if I'm putting like some mental pressure on her, or I'm doing strenuous things. Say I'm having her do some jumps. Um, it, I have been so gratuitous to her for finding a cool spot. Like I'll take breaks mid session if I notice. Oh, you're looking like you're getting tired. I'm right away making her comfortable with the baby swimming pool or, you know, finding the shade for her right away. So she's, we haven't been in a club situation to have to just, okay, you're next. Okay. This is your amount of time. So we haven't been on the grind yet. And I also think that, um, calorie wise, (laughs) I wasn't going to bring it up, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but seriously, she's gonna, you know, now she's going to be putting out more work. Hopefully, um, if I can get an alignment with a schedule to be seeing work a little bit more frequently. So just like anything, conditioning a dog, I've got to pay attention to all those different components. And then know that everything is seeming to be right, push her a little bit more through the stress of some fatigue so I can build her a little bit. But I just want to ask, have you put her on the slap mill very much? We have not used that since the second replacement. So that's over two months now. Cause that'll um, help. Nine or 10 weeks. Yeah. I should really get back and, and get her on a routine with that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and I want to say like, I mean, as we're going to go into this kind of series video here, like first I want to thank you. Thank you for um, showing your training so publicly. Thank you for doing this with us. Thank you for raising such a nice dog in your super special Noel Nasca fashion and everything else. But literally, like, we wanted to show this series because we didn't know what it would look like. We didn't go down and evaluate the parents. We didn't meet her as a puppy. We weren't trying to have some angle. We just know Noelle. We know the way she trains. And we really want to impart that, like, these dogs, these working dogs, especially Malinois, a lot of working German shepherds, a lot of just German shepherds in general, a lot of Dutch shepherds, they're not just your average pet dog. And the amount of work that Noelle has put into this puppy on top of getting two freaking knees fully replaced, which we didn't even know about when we agreed to the series. <laughs> Maybe we should have debriefed, but we made it freaking happen. And, you know, we're, we've gone out to Buffalo. Noelle has come and stayed with us in Maine. Inga came to the podcast studio in New Hampshire. She trained at a farm in Massachusetts. She, she slept with us in Maine. Like, there's a lot that goes into having a well-rounded dog and especially a well-rounded working dog after a year old. And that doesn't mean that everything's hook, line, and sinker and this dog's just going to be on the podium every trial she competes and she's going to be, you know, IGP-3 by the time she's three years old. It's going to be at her pace. But we really wanted to lay out what this looks like, how much thought goes into it. Noelle has been very thoughtful about what situation she puts this dog into, how she's prepping her, what the environment looks like, what kind of feedback she's getting, where her reinforcement is coming from. And even in the video when she was just sniffing Murphy, the Brittany that's always here, you know, she calls her out of play as soon as she's so-so, Inga, and the dog responds instantaneously. These are little things that if she didn't have that kind of control, Noelle couldn't have just integrated that dog into our pack as nicely. Noelle couldn't have had that dog loose in a hotel as easily. Just be thoughtful of these things. And also, I do want to say, Shannon, if you're listening, this is an exceptional dog. 
Like she also bred, Shannon was the breeder. She bred an exceptional dog. So that's part of it, but it's not always on the breeder. Like even if you have an exceptional dog, it takes a tremendous amount of work. Do you have anything to say about any of it? Yeah. I I just want to say that, you know, this was my idea in the beginning. (laughs) I, I, I honestly had no doubt, no doubt at all as to how this was going to go and how it was going to end up. It wouldn't have mattered if you got Inga or if you got one of the other puppies out of that litter. You would have adjusted and and made it work with whatever the temperament was for that dog. And this is not even your breed of choice. You don't even (laughs) like Malinois. I mean, you're a friggin' pit bull person. So here you are. I mean, you, and the thing is, it's a lot more work to get where you have gotten with pit bulls than it is with Malinois. I think that you've probably become a much better trainer because you're dealing with what is kind of considered an off-breed in dog sports with um, with the pit bull terrier. And you've done great. You've had some great dogs. They've had, you know, their issues that you've worked with also. But now you take all of your uh, experience and you bring it to a Malinois puppy and it just, there's no way it could go wrong. You know, you just did a great job and, and we're just happy to see it. I can't wait to see her actually competing. Me too. Oh my God, we're going to have shirts. We're going to be like Team Noel and Inga. All right, so let's run the video and then we'll let Noel close out with this. So it's going to be some tugging, some holding, and then some healing. But I want to show you guys all of these things build up. Yes, the dog calms a certain way, and especially her calm hold was very genetic. Actually, the very first clip is the breeder petting her with a wedge. It's not even Noel. So some of it is genetic, but then you build on those genetics and you make them what you want and you make them nicer. And even really shitty genetics, if you're a great trainer, you can make that nice too. So let's watch the video and then we'll let, no, I'll give some feedback. Three, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're picking that? That's what you want? She's like, nose breathing is hard. <laughs> Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Good girl. It's pretty good tugging with two new knees, by the way, too. She's like a real dog. Good job, Noelle. So I didn't show her doing the blinds, but Noelle has started the blind search as well in her house. So tell us a little bit um, what the year has been like for you, just so we can get an idea. 
Well, first of all, you left me kind of speechless. I didn't even need apples. Like that was the nicest thing you guys could ever say. Thank you so much. It's a gift to have friends like you. I I don't have a lot of friends, <laughs> but you guys. We don't either. We got you and Chrissy. <laughs> I'm kidding. We have others. I mean, you, you've opened up my life in so many ways for the better all the time, every time I'm around you. And just thank you so much. This this has made this dog's first year and it'll go on for me forever. It's just been exponentially better than it ever could have been because you've been involved in it. So thank you so much. Um, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> what about the dog? What about the dog over the year? We, we know you love us. How, how did it go for you with her the first year of her life? I'm literally like, I'm starting to really fall crazy with the dog. I, I, I will always maintain that if you're a Malinois in my house, it is a bit different than being a pit bull in my house. Um, but I feel like we are really connecting and training. Um, the blind search and the, the latest healing stuff that I've been trying to work, work on with her is feeling like it's gelling right now. And so any of the... Um, indifference or, oh, it's a Malinois or um, my reservations about being close if she were showing that suspicion where I was kind of like holding a grudge, maybe, I don't know, um, but recognizing that that's who the dog is, like all of that is sort of starting to subside. And I'm like, you're my dog and we're together and we're doing something that's not only fun and productive and it's meeting needs for the dog, but it's meeting my needs. And we're like really coming together. I feel, I feel like connected, like a team. Like it's that thing that I don't know, other trainers, you know how this feels when you're doing work with a dog and you understand each other and you, the communication that you've been like, you know, you've, you've been teaching the ABCs and the one, two, threes, and then you start having conversations. And it's like when you can open up and, and understand what you're going to do and the dog understands what you're going to do. And it almost happens just the moment before it actually happens. Those are, that's what I'm here for. Um, I love testing my training in competitions. You know, I love going to trial. It's really it's scary and exciting and fulfilling. And I, if I, if I make the grade and I get what I was hoping for, it feels super successful. Um, and like an, like an accreditation for me almost, but that's wonderful. And I am certainly striving towards that, but I live with this dog 365 days a year, you know? So it's, this is really where the, the most important stuff is that, and this trip, quite frankly, really sealed the deal because I was able to just isolate and be alone with her. And I, I feel the bond, I guess is what I'm saying. To sound corny, I feel like we're really bonding and understanding each other. And just last night, we did a little quick session. I was like, oh, my God, it's 730 and the sun is almost gone. Like it gets dark so early now. And I had to put the computer down and get the all my folders, put them away, and, uh, run outside. And we did a 12 minute session or something. And she was fast and snappy. And I'm like, Oh, what's coming? You know, like the more, the more she understands and the clearer she gets, 
the bigger her confidence is in the behaviors. And then that makes me feel more confident. And it's just like, we're just vibing off each other so much differently now. It's, it's happening, you know? So I feel great. Yeah. Well, that's an exciting time. And she's a nice dog and you're a great trainer. One thing I do want to say, because you're our only guest who's been on with two knee replacements, give somebody a piece of advice because it's not like she's an old decrepit lady, right? No, I'll just had two full knee replacements. Give somebody advice now that you've had two knee replacements between our third and fourth series. What is some things that they should really consider? <laughs> for their knees? Yeah. If they have knee replacements, a lot of listeners are going to need it or their parents need it. <laughs> okay. Uh, ice machine. <laughs> if you're talking about during recovery. Oh yeah. You are physical therapy is absolutely. That is brushing your teeth. Like you never skip that. Do not skip your physical therapy. Um, motion is lotion is what they say. <laughs> and um, seriously elevate and ice elevate and ice. And these two knees are on the same body. And they have been wildly different experiences. They are eight weeks apart. So this one started terrible. I thought I was going to die. It was the end of the world. I, I, I was like, I probably won't even do the second one. And then everything kind of right before I had to do this one, it leveled off. This one, I'm working on about 10 weeks away from when this one was put in. And it still is giving me some grief. So they're like kids. They might come from the same gene pool, but they are maybe going to be wildly different. And so just do your work and it keeps happening and it will come. It is just like dog training. Well, and honestly, you talking in that video with that wedge, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Like she's sitting there. We went out to see her the beginning of April. She had her first knee replacement, April 21st. And between then, she's had her second one done, I think, June 21st. So between April and August, Noelle had two knees that barely supported her while she was walking around in her holy jeans while Scott was working in the suit. And then she had two brand new knees. And yes, she wasn't ready to post up. I barely was ready to post up for that dog. It probably would have been better had Scott done it. But she will be. So make sure you guys keep going and make sure you listen to your professionals. And it's been a grueling experience. Noelle and I are close. She's been in a lot of pain. There's a lot of stuff to go through. You got to keep your mental game strong. So if you're listening and you have a parent getting a knee replacement, or your husband needs one or something else, you'll be okay. If yeah. Noelle was okay, you'll be okay. If they're getting a knee replacement, buy your parent a Malinois puppy. <laughs> We'll do a series. That would be a good comparison series. Good thinking. I don't know. This was a great year-long series. I don't know the next one that I'll do. Thank you so, so much for your time, for your friendship, for your commitment, for all of these things. And thank you for raising a nice dog. She's a badass, and we look forward to supporting you on the field. I love you guys. Thank you so much. We love you, too. Keep it quirky, guys. I'll try to kick this bronchitis by next week. Sorry about the little blip. (laughs) Take care. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.